Are you a female entrepreneur of color looking to connect with other badass women like yourself to share stories of challenges and triumphs to inspire and be inspired and to grow together as a community? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Money Talk with Yessie and Tori. We are financial advisors with the mission to change the face of modern wealth by helping female entrepreneurs of color find power in their money. In this episode, Tori and I talk about imposter syndrome, what it is, how we've experienced it, the context in which imposter syndrome lives, and much more. Hey, Yessie. Hi, Tori. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm We're so <laughs> glad to be back. We've I know. been MIA for a little bit. We took a little <laughs> hiatus, but I'm so glad to be back here with you and in your presence again. It feels so good. Yeah, we're back. And excited about this topic, actually. Do we jump into it yeah. right away? Yeah, okay. why not? Why not? <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about imposter syndrome and specifically how it shows up in financial planning for women. And how this conversation came about was I was taking a part in a webinar where they were doing a money talk and about imposter syndrome and how it shows up in financial planning specifically for women. And they discussed how women oftentimes feel like they need to be experts before seeking advice, before asking for help, and how that oftentimes does paralyze us and hold us back from achieving financial freedom. And then I was like, oh my, and and I mean, I I got that. I was like, oh, I I understand this. I get it. And then I took it a step further. I was like, whoa, okay. I feel that in personal finance, but I'm a financial advisor. And I feel like, I mean, imposter syndrome with women, it just kind of, I spiraled. (laughs) I spiraled. I was like, whoa. And then I reached out to her. I wanted to talk to her about this. Like, okay, does this show up for you? How does it show up for you? Does it show up for your clients? Like, and we thought we'd just bring it on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited for the conversation because as female entrepreneurs of color, just working day in and day out for our clients, our families, building generational wealth, like whatever your why is, Mm -hmm. it's important to talk about things that we might be struggling with and things that might not serve us to first realize that we're not alone. And second, figure out a way to deal with it to get us through. So today I'll talk about how imposter syndrome might show up for female entrepreneurs of color in business. Mm -hmm. And then also, Jessica, you talked about how it shows up for women in financial planning. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about all of that. But first, what is imposter syndrome? (laughs) (laughs) Let's define that first. (laughs) And is it actually a syndrome? And why is it a diagnosis? Okay. So (laughs) I found this really great article written by the Harvard Business Review, specifically by Ruchika Tulshin and Jodianne Bray called Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome. (laughs) And we'll link this article in the show notes, but I'll just read the summary because I think it does a really good job of defining imposter syndrome and giving us context. Imposter syndrome or doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud at work is a diagnosis often given to women. But the fact that it's considered a diagnosis at all is problematic. The concept whose development in the 1970s excluded the effects of systemic racism, classism, xenophobia, and other biases took a fairly universal feeling of discomfort, second-guessing, and mild anxiety in the workplace and pathologized it, especially for women. 
And the answer to overcoming imposter syndrome is not to fix individuals, but to create an environment that fosters a number of different leadership styles and where diversity of racial, ethnic, and gender identities is viewed as just as professional as the current model. <laughs> and let me tell you, okay, so so then we got into this conversation and Tori found this article, then we got into a whole other conversation. I was like, whoa, this totally reframes the way now I view imposter syndrome. So I kind of wanted to talk about that because personally, okay, after hearing the article and talking about it a little bit more, I was like, I began to reframe where I point the finger when imposter syndrome shows up for me. Because for example, like if I'm in a room full of male financial advisors, and I mean, clearly none of them look like me, my imposter syndrome would normally point the finger at me and make me question, do I belong here? What am I doing here? Am I the fraud? Who do I think I am to be in this room and represent women and women of color and Latinas and Mexicans? You know, and it's like, it's the I. Mm -hmm. When in reality, there's something about the environment in the room that's making me feel this way. Yes. So I'm not the issue. Right. (laughs) It's like, I don't need to diagnose myself. I will now diagnose the room and figure out what it is about the situation that is making me feel this way. So it is that. It's kind of um, freeing, right? Like very, you can yeah. <laughs> stop blaming yourself for yeah. feeling the feelings of like doubt and second guessing and be like, wait, actually it's the environment that right. I'm in. And I don't need to take on the burden of trying to fix myself to not right. have these feelings. Right, right, right. That was so good. And then I kind of even talked about it, like, but I do see why I understand why I question myself, especially when it comes to finances. I feel like it does come from my cultural background because in a tradition, for those that don't know, so I'm Mexicana, I'm Mexican. And in a traditional Mexican household, women are not the money managers, right? Men traditionally, and I'm doing quotes, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, they take on this role. So here I am not only making my own financial decisions, but I'm managing financial plans for over 200 households, right? And I have the proper training, I have the licenses, the tools, the resources to be in this role, but my imposter syndrome still shows up. And I know a part of it is because I broke into a role that is breaking cultural barriers for women. So I do understand that, you know, I understand why it shows up, but it is that reframing now after reading that article. I was like, huh, okay, all right. Yeah. (laughs) We're on to something here. Yes. And because there's a lot of parts when I, Think about imposter syndrome and how it shows up, right? Culturally, that's my cultural background is a big reason why. And also being, like I mentioned, women in, in finance, we try to be experts before we try to make sure we know everything and before making financial decisions. And oftentimes that could paralyze us. Yeah. Truly. And I mean, I've seen this, I've seen this and sitting down with clients where they're like, you know, I guess I'll ask them, you know, what's been holding you back. And they'll be like, you know, I just didn't know. And I wanted to make sure I did this before I jumped into this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you held yourself back like five years from planning because we could have done this five years ago. But I understand that we want to be experts in the field. And now jumping into, I know you found Mm -hmm. another article that talks about, five different types 
Yeah. And I definitely don't want to, again, diagnose the different types (laughs) of imposter syndromes. And we're not doing that. But these are just kind of like five ways that I guess people show up to cope with imposter syndrome. And we'll link the article in the show notes Mm -hmm. just in case you're curious. But I thought it interesting that the first of the five is the expert, being an expert and trying to prove your competence by over, I guess, compensating in the expert, in the information expert field. And then the second is the superwoman slash superman trying to do all the things, Mm -hmm. show up for everybody. (laughs) Third is the perfectionist. So trying, like you said, for women with finances and their personal finances, trying to be perfect in their finances Mm -hmm. before seeking help, which I think can be the wrong order of operations or not wrong, but I guess a less helpful order of operations for how you can engage a financial advisor. Four is the soloist. So they don't engage at all, right? They're just on their own Mm -hmm. and don't want anybody to discover that maybe they're not who they are presenting themselves as, right? Right. And then five is the natural genius. So yeah, we'll have that link in our Mm -hmm. show notes. And I don't necessarily want to, again, silo ourselves into one of these five types, but it just gives us context again. Right. And that's what we're looking to do is just find understanding and just know that we're not alone in these feelings and that these are kind of like just ways that people show up to cope with feelings of imposter syndrome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because when we were going down that list, and again, I've diagnosed myself. I have. I, I have. I've been all five of these. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously, uh, it's, it's the reframing that, I, I mean, I just started doing that after reading that article. I was like, whoa, okay, so now I, I diagnose and analyze the room a little bit more. But yeah, that's why. That's how it shows up. It is that, like, you know, oftentimes we want to be perfect. We want to be the expert. Yes. And if I don't have it figured out, I'm going to be solo and I'll figure it out. And once I have it figured it out, I'll let you in, you know? Yes. Um, so yeah, and that could hold us back, right? Because if we don't know, that's when we need it. We need advice. We need yeah. help. And we want to be that for women. So, okay. So we are financial advisors. So here is where we're going to put ourselves a little plug. Yeah. <laughs> plug, you, us away. plug us away. <laughs> if you have questions, need help, need guidance, we are here to help. And if not us, go to a financial advisor. And honestly, if it is anywhere from budgeting, like you need to help with your savings, because that's how you're going to get started, build an emergency fund, and then build your way to getting investments, do all the seek advice, seek guidance, because once you have financial freedom, you're able to do things with your heart, what feels you, what gives you purpose. And that's what we want women out there to do is follow your passion, follow what you want to do. And we do need some sense of financial freedom to be able to freely do this. Again, we're not diagnosing anybody. We've diagnosed ourselves though. You know? <laughs> also, we're not therapists or no. you know, have diagnosing capabilities, but yeah. And <laughs> anything else you want to talk about with that? Should um, I move on to the Yeah, we can move on because I want to get there. I want to Okay. Okay. So how do we channel healthy self-doubt, which it is healthy to maybe doubt yourself a little bit, just to kind of check yourself, just to make sure that you are doing some self-reflection. You're like, where are ways for Mm -hmm. myself to improve? Right. But how do we- Self-awareness. Yes. You know? Yes. (laughs) And- channel that into positive motivation. Mm. But that is also best fostered within a supportive work culture. 
And that's, of course, as we know, like not always the case Mm -hmm. in especially corporate America. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about entrepreneurship and probably why many of us landed here is that you can set the foundation for a supportive work culture in your space of work now. And again, that might not be the case for your industry and with colleagues in your line of work. But being the leader in your shop and in your business allows you to create the supportive work culture that you might not have gotten yeah. gotten in your corporate job. Yeah. No. You can control the room. And that is so true. I mean, that's one thing that I love about – that's what we're doing. That's honestly why Tori and I, you know, we partnered up. We want to do this is because being around each other. Like, this is a room. Right now, we're in a very small – like, I don't know how many <laughs> square feet this little room is. Um, 16 square feet. <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it, the being in this room and being with this energy, we picked each other. We partnered up together. So it's as being entrepreneurs and you're working on projects, you're building on something of your own, you get to pick the people around you. You get to pick who sits at the table with you and you open and you we keep the door open for behind us, behind yes. us always yeah. to foster that environment. And I love that we can do that. Yeah. And so we talked about imposter syndrome, what it is, what it's not, different personal and cultural and financial impacts of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And we just want to equip you with just kind of like a few ways with how to deal with imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. If you are feeling those feelings and thinking those thoughts. So I think first is like we talked about just understanding the context of why you're feeling imposter syndrome without resentment Mm -hmm. as much as you possibly can (laughs) being like, okay, this is my environment and this is my reality as it currently stands. And that's neutral. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to feel the microaggressions, you're going to experience the discomfort. Right. But just understanding that you might be feeling feelings of imposter syndrome because of your reality, of your environment and of systemic racism and classism and all of that and the industry that you're in. Right. So it is like only pointing the finger at yourself Mm -hmm. to like the context, like, you know, what Tori just said, the context of the situation, your environment. And yeah, without resentment. So number two, what we would suggest is identify the thought that is creeping up in your head and not being hard on yourself that you are having thoughts of doubt and feelings of fraud. Have compassion for yourself. And I'm saying this because, I mean, I'm kind of talking to myself. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then the third one here is reframing imposter syndrome. And that's what we've kind of been doing this whole podcast. But I think feeling those feelings, having those thoughts Mm -hmm. means that you are the only one or might be one of a few in the room that looks like you, that dresses like you, that talks like you, that wears your hair like you. Mm -hmm. But it's because, or I guess, and Mm -hmm. it's because you are making big moves, Mm -hmm. like feeling uncomfortable and also knowing that you're breaking barriers Mm -hmm knowing that you can keep the door open behind you for more people to come through who wouldn't ordinarily feel like they belong in a space that you're in. <laughs> I'm giving all this yes. <laughs> So I think that reframe yes. might just allow you to sit in that space with a different perspective on 
why you're thinking and feeling feelings of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I really hope that again we brought this on here because the topic, I mean, we just kind of also spiraled in the conversation. We had so much, like there's so much to break down again, especially when it comes to female entrepreneurs of color facing or you know, when we are dealing with imposter syndrome and it, it does, right? That I found it helpful in our conversation. Yeah. And I am Again, I, I've started to implement this and it's been helping. Mm -hmm. So I hope it helps someone. That's why we decided to bring this conversation on here, right? It's just hoping that how to deal with it when it does creep up. And if you don't deal with imposter syndrome, let us know how you're not dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because some women and I guess some people in general yeah. don't right, right. deal with that. Right. We yeah. can't assume, like, I know not everyone deals with imposter syndrome. Um, yeah. And it is not a woman's issue. We are right. going to put that. It is exactly. not. <laughs> yeah. And we went through just kind of like three ways to deal with it in, in the workplace. But if any of those three don't work, I would suggest this exercise. So creating a Word document that lives on your desktop or in your Google Docs, you can access it on your phone mm -hmm. if you're in an emergency, <laughs> um, <laughs> with your accomplishments kind of listed out. Not necessarily like merit-based accomplishments, like I grew my revenue by like 25% mm -hmm. last year, but I mean, you can include that too, but also maybe you have two kids and you got them up in the morning and got them dressed and ready for school right. and their hairs combed and you sent them off to school with a packed lunch, like right. that could also be just depending on what you define as what's important to you. List all those things out in a, in a Word document if you are struggling mm -hmm. with thoughts of self-doubt or fraud or need like a confidence boost because you can kind of borrow your confidence mm -hmm. from just reading that, just to mm -hmm. remind yourself that you do belong here, that you are worthy, that you are not a fraud. No. Yeah. <sighs> I, I love that we do this because this conversation is just like a TED talk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Money talk with Yessie and Tori. Money talk with Yessie and Tori. <laughs> it is your TED talk about money and finances and all things. Yeah, I hope this was a good listen for you all. And this is what our episode five. Episode five. Episode five. Yeah. Uh, it feels so good to be back. So thank you to all of those that continue to listen to us, that are showing your support. We see the numbers on our end. So we just thank you, thank you, thank you. And feel free to let us know what other topics or yeah, what else do you guys want to hear from us? You can head over to our Instagram page, head over to our website. There's our email and everything. Submit it to us. And we definitely want to make sure we bring good information, good content. If you guys want to know more about us, more about finances, we know taxes just passed. Yeah. Like if there's that, taxes for next year. So all that right in for our female entrepreneurs, you know, how can we help you? How can we bring good information? We have a lot of resources. We have a lot of tools. What do you want us to bring to you when it comes to, you know, whether it's like, what should you offer to your employees? How can you as a business owner 
keep more money in your pocket and pay less in taxes. And again, just reach out to us. We want to be a resource. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Jessie. Another plug. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're good at plugging. <laughs> we came back strong guys. We came back strong. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the conversation. Yes. Yeah. I so appreciate I know, you. I miss I'm glad you. you're back. Feels good to be back. And this is really how we are, you know? So I, I feel like a yeah. dead <laughs> All right. We'll see you next episode. And Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Make sure to follow our pod and share this episode with the female entrepreneurs of color in your life. You can find us on Instagram at Yessie and Tori. We are Victoria Sierra and Jessica Lemos, financial advisors with Zotero Investors, located at 605 East Huntington Drive, Suite 203, Monrovia, California, 91016. The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and are not necessarily those of Satara investors. They should not be considered specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Neither Satara investors nor any of its representatives may give legal or tax advice. Satara investors is a marketing name of Satara Investment Services. Securities and insurance products are offered through Satara Investment Services, LLC doing insurance business in California as CFG STC Insurance Agency, LLC. Member of FINRA, SIPC, advisory services are offered through Satara Investment Advisors, LLC. California Insurance License Number 0L17443, 0I34349.